Fantastic. Wow, what a fantastic evening we've already had. How many of you ever feel homesick for heaven when you're in worship? Do you ever get that slight glimpse of heaven? It's like, this is what it's going to be like for all eternity. But while I'm here on earth, there's still stuff to be done. So it's not going home time just yet for most of us. <laughs> well, it's great to be back with you at Streams. And I always love coming here because as soon as you walk in through the door, there's a buzz of expectation. And I know that God loves hungry people. He loves it when we come expectant that he's going to touch us and speak to us. I don't know about you, but we live, don't we, in interesting times. Um, sometimes it feels like, should I or shouldn't I switch on the news? <laughs> Ever feel like that? Should I or shouldn't I know what's going on in the world? Is it actually something I want to do at the moment? How many of you have got a little bit tired of the B word? You know exactly what I mean. And we don't know what to do with those things. And sometimes you switch on the news or maybe you're just in your family situation and it feels like it's a hard time at the moment. There's a prophetic word going out at the moment about this is a season of the crucible. What's a crucible? It's a, it's a, it's a place of, of heat, of contest, of struggle and wrestle. But the interesting thing about a crucible is it's not just fire for the sake of the negative of burning and challenging, but it's a fire that causes things to interact together, to, to sort of clash together that might not otherwise do so with the purpose of creating something new, that out of the furnace is forged something new. And I sense for this nation that we're in that crucible moment. We're in those challenging seasons where things are being crunched together, where things are being torn apart, where there's such a challenge going on. But in God, that isn't actually a negative, that's a positive. That's the creative place. That's the place where we begin to refine down who we are and work out again what we're for. And so if we'll let it in the hands of God, those challenging seasons can become incredibly creative and form something new. God is a God who says, I am the one who wants you to forget the former things and move on. Can't you see I'm doing something new? And the challenge with that is, what's my attitude going to be like? What am I going to feel like? What am I going to, how am I going to react to these crucible moments, to these challenging times? Am I going to grumble with the rest of society? Am I going to echo just what the press is saying or politics is saying? And the challenge in this season is, let's be God people first. I don't know which nationality you hold. You see, I hold two passports. I'm half Egyptian and half English. That's not half a passport of each. It's a whole of each. But actually, I have to keep reminding myself that no matter what is going on in Egypt, and that's challenging, and no matter what's going on here in England, I'm actually also, first of all, a citizen of heaven. That my passport, whatever it is on earth, has a greater stamp on it, which is the stamp of being a child of God and a citizen of heaven. That means my perspective has to be heaven to earth, not earth to heaven. And I have to change my mindset and the way that I think. I was challenged reading the scriptures and my theme tonight is taken from Psalm 34 and verse 1. And I'm only going to do verse 1 because it's quite a challenging verse. And the verse says, 
I will praise the Lord at all times. Can we say that together? I will praise the Lord at all times. Some of our Bibles say, I will extol the Lord. But the word is, I will praise him at all times. And this got me thinking about the power of choice. That little verse I'm going to break down over the next few minutes into, I will praise and at all times. Let's say together, I will That's my way of just checking you're still awake at the end of a Monday. (laughs) I will. You see, I will is about the power of choice. I want to remind you, first of all, of the power of God's choice. Do you know that God has made a very intentional choice when he's looked at you, when he's created you, when he's formed you in your mother's womb? And he's looked and he said, wow, I like what I see. No matter what else you say when you look in the mirror, God looks at you and he says, wow. And every single day when you wake up and you look in that mirror, you need to remind yourself that God says over your life, I will to you. I will choose you and I have chosen you and I will keep on choosing you because you're mine. God first chose us and said to us, I will. All the way through scripture, and I haven't got time to unpack all the scriptures tonight, but I want to just pick two of them. One from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 7 and verse 6. It talks about God's choice of us. It says, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the people's who are on the face of the earth. He's chosen you. Then in John 15 and verse 16, the same thought is echoed, but using different words. And this is Jesus speaking. And Jesus said to those who are listening and says to you tonight, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, fruit that remains. God says, I chose you. The bridegroom of heaven, Jesus, when he hung on that cross, looked at you and said, I will. There's a moment in every wedding, isn't there, which is a wonderful moment when bride and bridegroom are standing there at the front of the church with everyone else present. And the minister says, will you take whoever the bride is? And the bridegroom says, yes, I will. And that is what the bridegroom of heaven has done for our lives. He said, yes, I will. That's the power of God's choice of you and I. But the amazing thing is that the king of heaven chooses us, but then he gives us the privilege to say, no, I don't choose you. No, thank you. Great that you've chosen me but I'm walking off back down the aisle in a different direction. The bridegroom of heaven gives us the choice, and he says, will you choose me? God so loved us that he gave us free choice. And for those of us in this room tonight who have made a decision for Jesus, at some point in your life, you will have said to Jesus, yes, I will, I will take you, I choose you. 
That is the privilege and the power of your choice. But how many of you know that that choice is not a one-off? Yes, of course, we choose to hand our lives into the hands of God at one time in our lives. But how many of you know that to truly live an authentically Jesus-centered life is about making daily choices? And those daily choices can be pretty tough, especially in a culture which has departed from the ways of God more and more and more. For most of us, those choices are really challenging. In Deuteronomy 30, the Bible says, I, he- I call heaven and earth as a witness today, and I set before you the way of life and the way of death. Now, therefore, choose life. Make a wise choice today. You see, I will, the simple words I will at the beginning of that psalm is about daily choosing body, mind, soul, and spirit to align ourselves with the way of God. It is about saying to God and continuing to say to God, I will. And tonight I want to ask you, wherever you are on your faith journey, Are you still saying, I will, to God? Are you intentionally, daily, giving him your wholehearted, I will, as you perhaps did when you first became a Christian? You see, to say, I will praise the Lord at all times, takes a decision of the will. I will praise, I will praise Really, is that the first thing you think of in your relationship with God? See, for many of us, actually, the journey of I will praise has to first involve shutting some other doors. That verse in Deuteronomy says, choose life. That implies that there are other choices we could make. Negative choices. Slightly less attractive choices. Slightly less helpful choices. And how many of you have ever made those choices in your life? And those choices usually involve our hearts. So the first thing I want to encourage us with this I will is to decide tonight, before you can I will praise, to say, I will guard my heart. I will guard the gateway of my life. You see, the Bible says that out of the overflow of the heart, our mouth speaks. And praise usually involves us speaking out. It involves us saying something with our attitudes, with our mouths, with our bodies. Even in worship, we can lift our hands in praise and adoration. That speaks. How many of you know that? Or we can stand in praise and worship like this. I will praise the Lord at all times, I will. Really? (laughs) And I wonder what our heart attitude is. I wonder what the well of your heart is like today. You see, in Proverbs 4, it talks about, in verse 23, above all else, guard your heart, because it is the wellspring of life. And I know because I get to travel up and down this country ever such a lot, have the privilege of seeing what God is doing in tiny village after village, town after town, city after city. I know there's such goodness going on all over the place. Lovers of Jesus responding to him. 
But I also know that this is a time of such challenge in our nation where Christians are really struggling to break through with integrity and hold on to the, the truths of the Bible and really believe that their God is for them and will indeed do all that he's promised because it is that crucible time. And in those times, it's easy to let other stuff get dumped into the well of our hearts. Maybe that dirt of cynicism, that critical spirit, perhaps even that political spirit that we're first political, not kingdom-minded when we're talking about our politicians or talking about the people around us. And the Bible says, guard your heart. Why? Because it's the wellspring of your life. It's the very place from which health comes to the whole of your body, to the whole of your being, to the whole of your spirit. And the Bible says, guard that place. In Joshua 24, it says, Others around you may not choose God, but choose this day whom you will serve, whether it's the gods of your fathers or the people around you. And Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is a very strong I will. That is a very heartfelt I will. Guard your heart. Shut the door to the wrong stuff. But then also guard your mouth. I will guard my mouth. How many of you have ever said some stuff and you just thought, right, that was foot in mouth moment. I've done that. And you can't take those words back, can you? And it's like we blurt it out. But out of the overflow of what's going on in our hearts, very often our mouth speaks. And so when the Bible encourages us to be ones who are always praising... Sometimes it's the last thing our mouth wants to speak. And sometimes we think it, but maybe not say it. But at other times it does spill out, because out of the overflow we speak. Luke 6, verse 45, it says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In Ephesians 5 and verse 4, it warns us about how we use our mouths. It says, let there be no filthiness and silly talk amongst you or coarse, obscene joking, because such things are not appropriate for those who belong to God. But instead, speak of your thankfulness to God. Speak of your thankfulness to God. You see, the Bible recognizes that we do have to speak. <laughs> there is power in words. And very often, we're good. If we've been following Jesus for a while, we know our hearts. We know some stuff goes on there that oughtn't to go on. We can very often feel guilty about it and get ourselves in a right old hole about it and think, you know what, if I speak, I'm going to say the wrong stuff, so I'm going to shut up. And I believe that the enemy traps us in that place, and he looks at the women, precious women of our nation, and very often he's put a dampener on them. He's shut them up. He's robbed them of their voice. And he's made them feel guilty about what they might say or how they might act just because of past experience. But actually, I believe God is looking today and he's saying, you know what? You're precious. You're made to flourish. 
You're made to be one who carries the high praises of God in your mouth and speaks my words over this people and this nation. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Oh yes, there may be darkness, thick darkness over the peoples, but your light is meant to shine. Why? So that others can come to that light and find hope. But how will they know? How will they hear if we do not speak? And you see, there's great power in our choice to say, I am going to speak. I'm not going to be silent. I am going to be one who speaks of my thankfulness to God. I absolutely believe in gossip. This is where Anne and Ruth are going to throw me out as a heretic. Because we're not supposed to gossip. But I believe in gossiping the good news. I believe that the place we have to gossip, if at all, is to really tell of the works of God from generation to generation to generation, to speak of our thankfulness to him, to be those who can't stop talking. And women apparently, if this isn't a huge stereotype, are supposed to be really good at gossiping. So come on, girls. Let's go and have some coffees with people who don't yet know Jesus and gossip the good news. Tell people of your thankfulness to God. Speak it out. Praise him. And make that decision that you're going to break the sound barrier. You see, I will is an attitude of heart that says, I'm going to be intentional. I will not, I won't. How many of you can be stubborn? Nobody is putting their hand up. That means you can all be stubborn. (laughs) I can be stubborn. It's those moments like in worship when the worship leader says, let's all lift our hands or a praise offering to the Lord and clap. And we all go, I won't. Why should I? I'm not doing that. We might not say it, but that's the attitude. I'm sure you're not like me. (laughs) And it's like, why should I do it just because someone says, "Uh uh-uh, check our hearts. I will. I want to be one who is ready to go for God, ready to act when he says act. I will. With all that I am, I will. Are you going to be one who says, I will? Because the power of your choice is the power of life and death. I will. Will you give God your I will? So we've shut some doors of things we don't want to be doing. But this psalm says, I will praise At all times. And you look at me and say, Helen, there's no way on earth, even with the best will in the world, that I'm always going to be ready to praise. I mean, that is just not realistic. And the Bible talks, doesn't it, in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything under the sun and a season for everything, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to... And it goes on like that. But have you noticed that it never says there's a time to praise? Because actually, it's always a time to praise. In God, it's always the right time to praise. That's not seasonal. God doesn't make the excuse of seasons. Oh, well, sometimes you'll feel like praising and sometimes you'll feel like mourning. You ever thought about that? He says, I will praise at all times. Why does the Bible make that kind of, not even recommendation, assumption? Have you ever thought about that? 
It's because praise is a choice and not a feeling. Praise is a choice and not a feeling. You see, if I wait to feel like I want to praise, I bet I won't do it most of the time. I'm just being honest. (laughs) But here the psalmist has got a key. He's got an understanding. He's found a secret in life. And he says, I am going to praise at all times. And if you carry on reading that Psalm 34, he talks about seasons of incredible hardship. It's not all great. And yet he starts off and he says, but I will praise at all times. And I believe there is a key, a secret here for us that if we really understand it, will release us into a great power for our day and for our nation at this time. You see, I believe that God wants to change the atmosphere over Britain. And I believe he wants to do that through his men and women gossiping the good news about him. Beginning to share the good news stories rather than agreeing and echoing the bad news stories. I believe that he wants a people who are going to begin to see as heaven sees and begin to declare, prophesy, speak out the will of God for our nation at this time. I believe Brexit in the hand of God is something so creative, a crucible moment, yes, but so creative that it will reform, reformation our nation for such a time as this and for generations to come. However, we've got to begin to think as God thinks. We've got to begin to see as he sees that every crisis is an opportunity in his hands. But it demands a people to stand up and say, I will. I will praise you, God, at all times, no matter what's going on around me. It's every moment, every day is a season for praise. And you look at that and you say, but how can you praise with integrity when there's nothing to praise? And here's the secret, and this is what I want to leave you with tonight. And I believe that we don't understand this because sometimes we get things lost in translation in our scriptures. But in the Hebrew, there are seven words for praise, which we translate in English as praise. How many of you can see that might not be very helpful? (laughs) Seven words in Hebrew for praise. Forget the first one for a moment. But the Zamar praise is what we've been doing tonight, the singing praise. And I'm going to pronounce these words phonetically because I'm not a Hebrew scholar. So if you are, my apologies for that. Then there's the Tauda or Yada or Shabbat praise. And this is the speaking or declaring the praises of God. There's the Halal praise, which is the boasting, the celebrating, the commending, the glorifying. This is the praise that wants to have a party every day. That is the Halal praise. Then there's the Tehillah praise, which is the, to sing a new song. Very often it's the word that's used in the New Testament then of singing in tongues. To sing a new song. I don't know if you noticed during our worship tonight, suddenly there was a, a, a time where we all began to sing in tongues. That is the new song bubbling up as we're singing the sung worship of our hearts. None of those praises are the praises it's talking about when it says in the psalm, I will praise at all times. So it's not saying I'm going to celebrate at all times. It's not saying I'm even going to bounce around with a song in my heart at all times. 
It's not saying I'm going to sing in tongues at all times. So what is it saying? Well, the word that the Hebrew uses in this verse, I will praise at all times, is the Barak praise. Or Baruch, some people pronounce it. What sort of praise is that? Well, basically, this word is a lifestyle praise. It is a word that literally means to bless, to adore, to come into God's presence with adoration. But in the Hebrew, every word that is described or used carries with it pictures. So it's a little bit like Chinese characters that spell out a picture so that when you see the word, you immediately, if you were of the Hebrew mindset, would understand because of the picture it was painting for you. And in the English, we don't understand that. And when the word Barak is written in the Bible, it carries with it a sense of, yes, to praise God, to adore him, to extol him. But it carries with it the picture of kneeling. It carries with it the picture of coming into God's presence and surrendering with an attitude of confident trust. And that is what it's talking about when it says, I will praise God at all times. I will come into his presence with confident trust at all times. That's not seasonal. That's not dependent on the weather or the politics or our health. That is a lifestyle choice that says, I will always, at every moment, come to a place of confident trust and surrender to him. It is a praise attitude that says, he's God and I'm not. How many of you can say, Hmm, that's a little bit different. That doesn't demand me to be a happy, clappy sort of a person that's a little bit false about what's going on inside. That's not about bubbling over with celebration when I feel rotten. That's about a lifestyle, a heart attitude, a wellspring of your life that says, I absolutely trust you, God. You are worthy of my praise. Whatever's going on, you are worthy. And I believe the power of this sort of praise especially comes into force, into power, if you like, into release in difficult times. The Bible talks about giving a sacrifice of praise. And I wonder whether it's because God knows that at times it's costly to have that lifestyle attitude that says, God, I don't understand what's going on. It's really tough right now. But I will choose to praise you. And the interesting thing is, it's the clash of two choices. The strong sense of I will, which talks about me, <laughs> my choice, my freedom to choose. And harnesses that power to humble submission, to confident trust. I will trust. I will praise. I will choose to say, he is God. 
no matter what else is going on. He's still God in Brexit. He's still God in your family situation. He's still God when the bank account says, not looking great. He's still God when the pension pot isn't doing brilliantly because there hasn't been any interest for anything for years. He's still God when the health situation doesn't look brilliant and the doctor's report isn't great. He's still God when your family members are a long, long way from Jesus. He's still God. He's still God. He's still God in the tough times, but he's still God in the good times as well. Let's not forget to speak of our thankfulness to him when it's going well. He's still God. It's that whole lifestyle choice that says, I choose to trust you, God, no matter what else is going on. I will praise you at all, at times and in every situation. This choice is a choice that reminds us of the goodness of God. The same word Barak is used in Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who does forgive all your sins and heals all your diseases? That is the Barak praise, the trust in a God who can do what he says he can do. the sacrifice of praise. I love this quote that I found. When you enter God's presence with praise, he enters your circumstances with power. When you enter God's presence with praise, he enters your circumstances with power. You see, praise has the power to change atmospheres. And I just wonder tonight whether there are some atmospheres that need to be changed. Anne spoke about a prayer meeting on the 31st of October, the season of light and darkness, life and death. The interesting thing about Halloween is it's actually Reformation Day. And it's quite interesting that the enemy would come and hijack that day to say, no, I'm not going to let this nation be reformed. I'm going to spread darkness. But that's the counterfeit spirit. And you see, the spirit that says, I will praise, is a spirit that has the power for reformation, renewal, and revival. That is the power of our simple trust in a God who knows, a God who is the God of light. That no matter what else is going on, he's still who he says he is. I don't know what you're going through here tonight. You might be in a really good place. You might be ready to halal praise, jump about, have a party. And we want to celebrate with you if that's where you're at. But I'll bet that for some of us, there are tough things going on in our lives too. Usually our fields of harvest in our lives are not all in one season. Some of them may be in a season of great joy and breakthrough and wonderful things happening. And other fields of our life, maybe health or situations that are relational, can be in a tougher place. And the challenge is to say over all of it, I still will praise you, God. In the sense of, God, I will surrender to you. And I will say, I will trust you because you are worthy of my praise. Can you see the power of that choice? Can you see the power of the sacrifice 
of that choice. The enemy doesn't like that. It's the power of Jesus' choice when he went to the cross and he knelt in the Garden of Gethsemane and he says, God, if you can take this cup away from me, the suffering that is about to come, the crucible, literally, that is about to come, if you can take that away from me, please do. And yet, not my will, but yours be done. In that moment, Jesus gave a sacrifice of praise to his father. He said, I will to you. And tonight he comes to you and he says, will you say, I will? Especially over those tougher situations. Will you say, I will? For you, I particularly feel that. I don't know you, I don't know what's going on in your life. But I just feel there are fields for you of great harvest. But actually, they're the contested fields. They're not the easy fields. But actually, there's little signs of things springing up, breaking through. And if you have eyes to see them, God would say to you, trust me, lean into me, push into me if you have to. Go in the opposite spirit to everything around you. It's actually your little red earrings. They're going to be very precious to you from now on, but your little red earrings that actually gave me that word. Why? Because it's the signs of life breaking out in darkness. The colour bursting through. And for many of you, that's the situation that you're facing. And God would say to you, give me the power of your choice again tonight. Trust me, because I'm the one who can be trusted. We've got some prayer activity now for us to respond to this word. And I don't know what the team have planned. They're endlessly creative in the way they design things, which is wonderful. But I just want to lead us in a corporate prayer first, if that's okay. And I just feel this for so many of us. For some of you, you carry the nation and your intercession, your cry right now is actually for the nation. And I want to give that room. I want to say, you know, sometimes we come because it's our time and that's appropriate. And sometimes we come and actually what we're irritated by in the spirit and prophetically is, is, is our nation. And that's okay too. So whether it's for you personally or for the nation and the national picture. And I believe that for some of us of the older generation, you've seen stuff change so rapidly in the wrong direction that you have such a grief inside of you for where this nation is going. And there's a cry in you. And God would say to you tonight, please do not let that harden into bitterness of heart and into despair. But continue to do what you did at first and offer me a sacrifice of praise. For I'm the God who holds on to every single promise, the Jean Darnell words of this, of this age that you've held on to for years. You've sown into in prayer and God would say, I've not forgotten my promises. For I am the same yesterday, today and forever. And though it tarry, it will come, says the Lord your God. And I want to ask us to do something and you might not be able to physically do this. And if you can't, that's totally fine. God sees your heart. But I wonder whether some of us simply need to kneel where we are. Just as a picture, a sign, like, literally, of that word Barak. To just literally kneel where you're. If that's you, would you join me right now? If you can't physically do it, God sees your heart. And if you don't feel you're in that place, please don't. <laughs> A 
Father God, you see us. And we are literally taking that beautiful Hebrew word to Barak praise you. And with all that we are, God, right now, we surrender afresh to you. And we say you are God and we're not. You are God over our nation. God, you are God over our family situations. You are God over our health, Father. You are God over our finances. You are God over our relationships. And God, there's so much we do not understand at this time. And just because it does not make sense to us does not mean it is nonsense. For you hold the destiny of nations and individuals in the palm of your hands, God. And as we come before you, as we bow before you, our hearts say to you, I will. God, I will praise you again. If that's you, just begin to say that in your own words to God. Let's break the sound barrier for a few moments. Just as we were singing, let's just don't worry about who's to your right or to your left. Just let your heart bubble up with that praise right now. Father, we thank you. You are worthy of our praise. And right now, we just bow before you and we say, God, we trust you. We trust you for our individual lives. We trust you for our nation, God. We trust you for that which we don't understand, Father. We choose to trust you tonight. We make that choice, Father. We make a good choice tonight. We shut the door on the negatives, but we approach you with a new grace tonight. And we choose life, God. We choose life. We choose life for our nation. Let it bubble up out of you right now. God, we choose you. We choose you, Father. We're crying out to you afresh. We choose life. We choose life in Jesus' name. And Father, we trust you for the promises Words of promise over our lives. We trust you. We trust you, God. Those of you with an intercessory gift, just begin to use that. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. For those of you wrestling with health issues, just begin to speak over those doctor's reports. God, I trust you. I don't understand, but I trust you, God. I will praise you, God. I will praise you. I will Barak praise you, Lord. I feel for those of you, some of you have got inheritance issues. Things that have been stuck in your line, your family line. It could be financial or related to buildings or it could actually be a spiritual inheritance and it's just got stuck. And God would say, give me your trust again tonight. Give me your trust again tonight for I am a God who keeps my promises. Father, we release that right now in the room. We pray over things that have got stuck. I even feel buildings that need to sell. Father, we speak over them right now and we say again, we trust you, God. We trust you, God. In Jesus' name, we trust you right now.
And we praise you. We sing over those situations. Father, we sing over the barren fields in our lives. We sing over the wells that have got stopped up. Father, we sing to them afresh. We sing to them afresh. Unblock the wells. Spring up, O well. Spring up, O well. We spring to the wells of relationship. Wells of life. The wells of relationship. Thank you, Father.